the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. His message never changed. From the beginning to the end, his message never changed. Jesus never allowed himself to get sidetracked into issues of the day. Or into, you know, politics or whatever. And there's some Christians, that's all they talk about. Jesus, always about teaching the word, preaching the good news of the kingdom. It's a good example for us. In our walk with Jesus, it's easy to let the issues of the world cloud our witness. Whether we let worldly ideas start to influence or abandon the spread of God's gospel altogether, the world's influence can have a huge grip on us. In today's message, Pastor Dan wants you to know that you need to ignore what the world has to say and keep preaching the message that you know to be true. Just as Jesus never stopped spreading His good news, you can't let the world shut you down when the going gets difficult. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Isaiah chapter 53 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Some in the crowd, I'm certain, were offended by Jesus calling them to repent. Some in the crowd may may have thought, well, how, how dare you tell me that I need to repent? You don't even know me. You don't know anything about me. How, how do you know if I need to repent or not? Jesus could call everyone to repent because Jesus knows people. Isaiah 53 says, every person turns to his own way. Every one of us here has rebelled against God and God's way and gone our own way. Romans chapter 3 says there's none righteous, no, not one. There's no one who does good in God's eyes. Romans 3 says we're all guilty before God. In Psalm 130, the psalmist asks, if you, Lord, kept, kept a record of all our sins, who, Lord, could, could stand? If God were to keep a record of all of our sins, who could stand? And the answer is no one. So so Jesus doesn't need to know the details of your life. But he knows you need to repent. He knows I need to repent. That every person needs to repent. Repentance is the first requirement to receive salvation. The Bible says you must repent and believe in Jesus Christ and his death on the cross for your sins and his resurrection to be saved. Jesus said, unless you repent, you will perish. So what does it mean to repent? It's so important. It's the first message. What does it mean to repent? Well, one thing before I tell you what it means, I've noticed that some people just kind of add Jesus to their life without repenting. Or some people just, you know, start going to church. Without repenting, or some people quit bad habits. Without repenting. 
So what does it mean to repent? To repent, listen, to repent is to change the way you see yourself. To change the way you see yourself. To change the way you see your life. To change the way you see how you're living. To repent is to change your opinion about you. Followed by changing how you live. Turning from the path you're on in life and turning to Christ. So when we talk about repentance, biblical repentance is a complete reorientation of your life from self toward Christ. So my question is, have you repented? Have you truly reorientated your life toward Christ? This is what Jesus calls all of us to do. Without exception. You know, Jesus said there's more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents. There's a celebration in heaven, a party in heaven, when one person repents and decides to turn their life to Christ. So this is his first message. He begins by preaching. This is his method. This is his message. And then in verses 18 to 22, we have the call of the first four disciples into ministry with Jesus. This is not their first interaction with Jesus. Remember, Jesus is a year into his ministry at this point. Uh, these four disciples, they're, they're already disciples. They're already believers. They, they, they've already uh, heard Jesus and, 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 uh, and believed in him. But now Jesus calls them into something deeper. He calls them into ministry with him. He calls them to leave behind their life and join him in ministry and service. It says in verse 18, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea. Uh, if you're a note taker, this is it's literally referring to a cast net, if you know anything about uh, that, that kind of fishing. They still use them today. For they were fishermen. Then he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Notice, first of all, that these disciples were fishermen, not theologians. He's walking along the sea, and he encounters some fishermen. He's not walking on the campus of a seminary here. Praise the Lord for that. They're just regular people. Without, without rank, without power, without connection, without higher education. I don't know if there's anything wrong with that. Just, just common, hardworking folks. And I'm glad for that. God likes to use regular people. Like you and me. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 26 to 29. 1 Corinthians 1. Verses 26 to 29 says, For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty and the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. God likes to use foolish. He likes to use weak. 
the common, the lowly, the nobodies, so that God gets all the glory. If, if, you're, if you're here today and you're, you're thinking, I'm just a nobody. I don't really have anything to offer the Lord. I can't see how the Lord could ever possibly use me. Listen, you're exactly the kind of person Jesus is looking for. If you're the kind of person sitting here and in your mind, you're thinking of all of your qualifications. And how you would be a great asset. (laughs) You're not the kind of person that Jesus is looking for to serve in his ministry. Notice also that these disciples were hard at work. They're doing their job when Jesus called them. They're not slackers. And notice that Jesus said, I will make you fishers of men. He did not say, go become fishers of men. Or make yourself fishers of men. He said, I will make you fishers of men. It's his work in his disciples. Just as it's his work in in us. It's all his work. All we have to do, listen, all we have to do is abide in Christ. And he will make us fit for the master's use. He's the vine. We're the branches. As we abide in him, we'll bear much fruit, Jesus said. That's all that we have to do. It's, It's his work in us. As we abide in him and he gives us the gifts of the spirit in addition He equips us with the gifts that we need for the ministry that he's called us to. And and it's all his doing. Notice also the response of the disciples. They immediately left their nets and followed him. They instantly obeyed without hesitation. They didn't say, well, let me think about it for a few days. Let me get back to you on Monday. They didn't ask questions. They they didn't say, well, what what are we going to do for money? I've got a mortgage. How am I going to pay for my kids' piano lessons? What about health insurance? Aren't those the things that we think about? And and how many people has Jesus tried to call into ministry, but they were too afraid to go because of those questions? They don't ask anything. They they, they didn't put in a two-week notice. They didn't even finish out the work day. They walked off the job. When Jesus called them, look at verse 21 again. James and John were involved in a family fishing business with their father. Mark's gospel says that they also had employees working for the family fishing business. So apparently it was successful. It was a lucrative family business. And James and John just walked away from it. When Jesus called them into the ministry. Well they, well, they sure gave up a lot to serve Jesus. No, they didn't. Listen to what Jesus said. Assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or parents or brothers or wife or children for the sake of the kingdom of God who shall not receive many times more in this present time and in the age to come eternal life. You gain way more than you give up when you follow Jesus and serve him. People get so hung up on what I have to give up. You're going to get so much more. And return. So we have the call of the four. The first four disciples into. You know ministry. And then in verses 23 to 25. We have. You know really what is a summary statement. Of Jesus's entire Galilean. Uh, ministry. 
And we'll see some details or some highlights of his Galilean ministry in chapters 5 to 9 in the coming weeks. But look at verse 23. So Jesus went about all Galilee on foot. Remember, remember with the temptation where Satan took Jesus up to the pinnacle of the temple and said, throw yourself down. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. You know, just just have angels carry you down into the court of the temple, and, and ever, that'll make be your grand entrance. Everybody will know that you're the Messiah. You'll instantly have a crowd. And, and here's the way that Jesus wants to do it. I'm, I'm, and now instead, I want to walk all around Galilee, going from town to town. <laughs> I love it. He went all, about all of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of diseases among the people. Jesus went about all of Galilee, teaching, preaching, and healing. You should note that those three things characterized his ministry. Teaching, preaching, and healing. Teaching is the idea of reading and explaining the scriptures. Jesus taught in the synagogues all over Galilee. And there were a lot of them. And he, he preached the gospel of the kingdom. And, and this is what Jesus was all about. Teaching or expounding the word of God and preaching the good news of the kingdom. This is what we see him doing here at the very beginning of his ministry. And you don't have to turn there, but Acts chapter 1, verse 3. After the resurrection, you know what he's doing? Acts chapter 1, verse 3. He's talking to the, the disciples about the kingdom of God. His message never changed from the beginning to the end. His message never changed. Jesus never allowed himself to get sidetracked into issues of the day or into, you know, politics or whatever. I mean, there's some Christians, that's all they talk about. Jesus, always about teaching the word, preaching the good news of the kingdom. He's a good example for us. He taught, he preached, and he healed people, giving a little foretaste of his kingdom when there will be no more death, nor sickness, nor pain, or disease, or birth defects, anything. He'll make all things new. And you have a little taste of that here. The kingdom of God has come in that sense. And look at verse 24. We're almost finished here. Then his fame went throughout all of Syria. Remember, he, is in, he moved to Capernaum strategically 
so that the message will spread quickly throughout the region. His fame went throughout all of Syria. News of Jesus traveled way beyond the border of Israel into all of Syria, which was almost entirely Gentile, non-Jew. And they, the people in Syria, they brought to him, look what it says, all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics, paralytics, and he healed them. They they brought, it says, all sick people. The the phrase means, listen, the, the phrase literally means those who were really bad off, those who could not be cured by doctors. Right? There, there, was, there was no medical treatment for their, their condition. These, these people were, were, were hopeless. I think of the woman with the issue of blood, remember, and it says that she spent all of her money on doctors and was in a worse condition after receiving the medical treatment. And nobody could help her. Nobody could do anything for her. It was beyond the ability of the doctors of the day. And that, that's the idea here with the all sick people. People that could not be cured by doctors. People who were hopeless. They were afflicted with various diseases. The word afflicted here, it means to, to besiege, to attack with various diseases. I mean, this is talking about life-dominating diseases. And, and again, there's, there's no doctors like we have today. There's no, you know, the medical advancements that we have today. And torments, you see that word torments there, that means intense pain. Some people suffer just intense pain from their affliction, from their disease. And, and it just simply says at the end of verse 24, Jesus healed them. He healed them. He healed them all. Mark chapter 1, Jesus is in the city of Capernaum, and, it, and all of the sick of the, of the city are brought to Jesus. And he healed them all. The whole town. Every sick person. He healed them. And listen, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I believe that Jesus still heals people. Demon-possessed. Demon-possessed people were brought to him. Demon possession is a real thing. I I appreciate it uh, when Matt Edelin said several weeks back, the missionary who's the missionary in Indonesia, that uh, Satan has convinced people in the West that there is not a spiritual realm, that there's no such thing as demons or a demonic realm at all, that none of that stuff is real. But it's real. Demon possession is real. Now, a Christian, a born-again Christian cannot be demon-possessed because we're sealed by the Holy Spirit. But we can be oppressed. We can be influenced. We can be hassled. People that are demon-possessed are brought. Epileptics are brought to him, and and this may or may not refer to the disorder of epilepsy, but the the idea with this word is people who suffered from seizures. And again, they had doctors and medicine and even hospitals for that provided some some treatment for certain things in the time of Jesus, but nothing like we have available today. So for for these people here, there, there was no treatment for their condition. There's nothing that could be done. Can you imagine how desperate these people were? And, and then to hear that there's a guy in Galilee who's healing people. So look at verse 25. And, and great multitudes 
followed him from Galilee and from Decapolis and Jerusalem and Judea and beyond the Jordan. Here it says great multitudes followed him. If you're taking notes, the the phrase great multitudes, it implies the common people. The common people, uh, as opposed to rulers or leaders or the elites or the movers and shakers of society. It was the common people seeking Jesus. The Bible says the common people received him gladly. I have an an older commentary on Matthew, and and it says it was the rabble (laughs) that was seeking him. The rabble, you know, the riffraff. That's who was coming. Praise the Lord, right? Aren't you glad it doesn't say, you know, only those with PhDs or only those who graduated first in their class. it's, It's the riffraff. It's the rabble. Notice it says, notice this, notice, listen, great multitudes, plural. Note that it's great multitudes, plural. What it is saying is that there was a great multitude of people from Galilee and another great multitude that came from the Decapolis, and another great multitude uh, that, that came from Jerusalem, and another great multitude from Judea, and a great multitude from beyond Jordan, east of the Galilee. There's a great multitude that, that came from uh, the Decapolis, which those were the ten pagan cities that were on the southeastern side of the, of the Galilee. The Jews didn't go over to the Decapolis. The demon-possessed man of Gadara, he lived in the... That, that's where that guy lived. You've got this great multitude from pagan Decapolis that show up. You know, riding in on their Harley Davidsons, right? You know, like, hey, we're here for Jesus, you know, kind of thing. We're from the Decapolis. Wow. How amazing. How cool must this have been to be in that crowd and see so many different people from so many different places, far and wide, people that you'd never hang out with. People that in other circumstances, you'd never want to be around them. And they're all there. Can you imagine, you know, hey, where where are you guys from? Syria. Wow. Are all of you from Syria? Yeah. How long did it take you to get here? Amazing. And and what brought all those diverse people together? Jesus. What's the one thing they all had in common as different as they were? What's the one thing they were all seeking? Jesus. What brings us together? Jesus. What's the one thing we all have in common? We're seeking Jesus. Jesus. And, and I, I, I love this here at the end of the chapter because it's like this little, this, this little picture of heaven where we're told you know, believers from every tribe and tongue and people and nation will be gathered around the throne worshiping Jesus. And his ministry just started, Right? He just began to preach back in verse 17. We get to the end of the chapter. There's people from all over coming for Jesus. He asked me how I know.
Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Matthew, verse by verse and chapter by chapter. As you listen through this series, we encourage you to read on your own as well. There's so much to gain from spending time with God in His Word. You'd be amazed at what can be revealed to you in a personal way. Did you hear something today that struck a chord with you and you'd like to hear it again? No problem. All of the messages you hear on Ring of Truth can be found on our website. Go to calvaryec.com and search for these teachings under the Media tab. While you're there, you'll likely find and explore other series or teachings that sound interesting. Are you growing through this study in Matthew? We sure hope so. Another resource you might find useful is our podcast. You can subscribe to the Ring of Truth podcast as another way to stay connected to the teaching of Scripture. We'll notify you each time we upload a new episode. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast on our website, calvaryec.com. You can also search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. If you're interested in learning more about the church that supports this radio ministry, our website has all the information you need about Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Come join us this weekend for worship and Bible study. Once again, that's calvaryec.com. Thanks for listening to Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.